one. So the market gets up near the highs for the year, 4,200 S&Ps. Decent earnings season. Big tech, you know, leading the way. Banks, well, not all of them going under. Everything's fine and dandy. Now we got to deal with COVID in China. That's taking a toll on the market today. We got some earnings to discuss, some pretty good earnings, some not so good earnings report. Ivan Feinseth is going to join us at 835, give us his take on the market. This is pre-market prep. This is Wednesday. Let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders, investors, trading on the lows of the pre-market session, down 19 handles at 41.39.75. Obvious support on the downside. We'll talk about that in a little bit. The buck is up 15 cents at 103.53. Uh, trying to get a clear, uh, clear that 103.50 area, the highs from last week. Bonds up about a half a point, 127 and 13, 30 seconds. This is a little bit of a puzzler. If we're worried about China and lockdowns, <laughs> why is crude up a buck 05 at 73.96? Gold working its way back towards 2K, up 990 at 1984.40. Silver not participating, actually in the red, down about four pennies, 23.59. And Bitcoin just hanging out under 27K. It's down Four hundred and eighty dollars at twenty six thousand seven hundred and twenty. Gonna bring in triple D, triple D. There's one thing about this market; it will always throw you a curveball. And here we are. We're looking okay. We're my my high for the year call is in jeopardy, and COVID, COVID in China. Now we don't know the extent of it. Um, I, I heard it, it could get up to 65 million cases. You're talking about lockdowns. I mean, come on. Are we going to have to go back to this COVID market again? There's always something to worry about. And there's always something that seems like derailing or chopping us up. One thing we have learned is we don't have to chase for the most part in this market. Yes, there's been a few tech stocks we've had to chase. But if you're chasing the indices, you've been doing it wrong. It looked like, yeah, here we go. S&P's breaking out 415, 418, the 420. And three days, we're right back into the range again. So, I mean, contrarians are still winning overall. Again, there are some stocks that just have relentless bids, and those continue to go. But overall, it's just more chop, more worries. Are we going back to a COVID market? Not in North America. Absolutely. There will be no more lockdowns. Maybe ever. Like, I'm actually concerned if there ever really was a real virus now, they would never lock anything down in North America ever again. <laughs> so we'd all die. <laughs> but um, but COVID, are they going to lock down in China? We know they take COVID a lot more serious over there. They're talking about there's a big spread happening over there. This is the worries here this morning. If you look at the China stocks, they are down here again here today. Um, they've given back the majority of their gains. It's just like, it just China just cannot get out of its own way here. I mean, FXI is approaching, we're just going to look at the charts here, but they're approaching the yearly lows here, the 2023 lows. We're just up off of that. Baba has that $80 level we've talked about multiple times. Looks like it's going to get up off it. Now, three days right back to it. So Baidu has come down right near the lows of the move. PDD and JD continue to be underperformers, continue to leak. It's been a tough, tough investment in China. Yeah, and just I guess the only slight positive could be, and I and this is not really a positive, but if if they got these COVID issues going on, right, are they gonna like crank up a war against Taiwan in the middle of it? I mean, it's you know, 
They, they silver lining, like, Joel. I like your silver lining. Yeah, that's not a very good silver lining, but uh, wars on yeah. hold. <laughs> yeah, wars on hold. Or maybe they're gotta, gonna send all their COVID soldiers that, over there because they I was gonna COVID say that em. they're gonna go breathe <laughs> on them, and, and that's a new. That's called uh, breath warfare. But take it breathe. easy. Take ah, it easy. Yeah, we're gonna go breathe. breathing COVID. Ah. Hopefully, we oh, don't get to that boy. level, man. Because okay. the, the truth <laughs> is, this show went that, right off the rails. I was yeah, gonna right say. I was Let just me about to bring in. Mitch in, and then I made one more comment. Holy, now, bring us back in. Now the chat's going to start body. railing on us, and oh, man. I want to bring a twist. Uh, I want to bring a twist to it. I know that you guys are, are focusing on the COVID situation that's going on, and that could be it. But a part of me thinks that it could be maybe two things also, of course. Um, one thing China-related would be, of course, we saw Micron kind of let go yesterday a little bit. It did bounce right after the news on monday but today you see it it's actually down below those levels and i'm going to watch to see if this starts to really get hit because one of the parts that i think could really kind of affect is do we start to see this start to show up in other tech stocks does this cause more of a tech profit taking moment um, and that's what i'm looking at that's why i started betting i talked about it on monday that i would look at the semi conductor equipment stocks. I shorted Lamb Research still in that trade and going to look to see if we're going to see tech turnaround. NVIDIA started a little bit of a turnaround. Of course, these have been the strongest stocks. So we got to really like kind of look to see if we get that continuation turnaround. The other thing that I think could be happening here, and it's my kind of question for you guys, would be, will the outlook, of course, on the debt ceiling get worse before the, the solution comes? Yes. And I think that that's what we're also seeing here, that like the outlook, at least, might yeah. get really negative really quickly and then all of a sudden turn it around and get super positive. And, and we talked about this a week ago, saying that in all likelihood, there's going to be some hiccups, going to be some worries. And I was saying, you know, if we get debt ceiling, will it worries in the sell off? That could be your opportunity. You're getting it down here. I mean, 410. Um, so there's two questions involved here. One is tech going to turn around. That is going to be answered by NVIDIA tonight. There you that go. is I not going to be answered that. technically. Yep. That is okay. going to be answered fundamentally. What does NVIDIA say? Can they live up to the ridiculously <laughs> lofty expectations that are built into the stock? Maybe they can. They have pulled some you know, pretty impressive earnings reports in the past. So, I mean, that is going to dictate the overall tech next move because we don't have any other big guns reporting for a long time. So this is like the last of them. NVIDIA, what are they yeah. going to do? People ask me, am I holding my AMD through the report? Um, I'll, I've got the full-size position. Do I sell half of it before the report, before the NVIDIA report? I, I've, I've contemplated it. I'm up about 12 points in it, uh, maybe even 13. Yeah. It's hard. It, it would really suck if NVIDIA tanked and I gave that back on AMD. Most of me is thinking I'm going to hold it through it, though, because I bought that, you know, thinking the AI story is going to continue for the foreseeable future. I don't see that changing. I think if NVIDIA gets hammered, I think it gets bought as well. So I don't know um, about that. I, I, I don't know. I, this should be an interesting It's report. really, it's, it's if, been if, a crazy if, run. If, I, would, it's I wouldn't a crazy hold NVIDIA run. through the report. I wouldn't hold NVIDIA through the report. And if like, and I had no position in it, but if you were a large institute, you know, if you had like a big old position in this, and let's say you haven't, you haven't sold anything, not one, you know, you would, I don't even know what to say. Let's say you got your position, let's say under 200 bucks. All right. You had plenty of time to do that on this report. If it rips, I'd, I'd have like layered offers, scaling up size as high as you all the way up at the 320 or, or what's this next monthly high? What's the expected move? Is the oh, first it's got to be like 100. Do. So the first thing that. you do, if you are yep. planning on trading this through the report, I am not. But if you are, your first move has to be to I understand agree. and know what the expected move is. So we do that by going to the options chain, looking at the weekly Perfect. expiration. We can look mm -hmm. at May 26. We go and we grab what really is the closest one. So close at 306. So we can look. Options are not open this morning. But we can look at kind of like where the 305s closed. Let me so guess. I can see like 1150. Yeah, guess. Oh. I just gave I, it away. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, 1150. But, I'm just adding them up. But I gave away half of it. Okay. 20. Is it around 20, 20 22? It's 20 mm -hmm. bucks. Yeah. Wow. Woo-hoo-hoo. 20, 21, 21. 20 to 21. So explain what that means on the upside and the downside of that closing price, Dennis. 
Well, you take from where we close at 306 and 21 down means the straddle writers start losing money. And usually the market makers, those are spots where you defend where it's maybe defended, where, you know, the natural, um, you know, buying and selling of the stock um, comes into play. So knock 21 off the price. So you get, you know, and obviously we have CC on the show sometimes who's just excellent at this, but you get that range. So I had 21 on 306 to get us up. And again, we don't know where it's going to close. And now it's 303. So all we can say is where it closes tonight, you take 20 bucks and you surround yeah. it. So we're at 303, go up 20, 323, go down 20, uh, 283. That's kind of the range you'd expect it to trade in if it's going to stick within that range. And then, of course, uh, would we just see some more profit taking is something that I will be looking for. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, these stocks have made massive runs, right? If I was in NVIDIA and I had it down there, would I be waiting for this report to kind of ruin some of that profit? I'd probably be ringing the register. All right. I mean, that that's the thought process here. And maybe that's the thought process on why the stock is weak heading into this report, because we've been weak for a few days here. There's so weak. many people yeah. sitting on so many profits here <laughs> that maybe those people are saying, luck, you know, I'm not going to risk, you know, losing 50 bucks here on my NVIDIA. I'm going to buck those gains and move on. Um, I still think there's underneath demand here like crazy, though. And they're going to talk so much about AI in the call. Yeah, I got to think if you really get a, a butt kicking in this stock that a couple, a day or two, I think a bounce happens anyways. I know the valuation is extreme and everybody wants to see this thing trade 30 times, not 65 times. But there's just so much underneath demand. So this is why with AMD, I think it's building underneath demand as well. We know, you know, I put my AMD trade on for the simple reason it's trading less than half of an evaluation of, of NVIDIA. And I feel like betting on Lisa Sue isn't a, a bad bet. So I, I still think AMD on the pullbacks. I'd almost rather own that one just from a valuation perspective. But NVIDIA is best of breed, underneath demand, hard to just say, yeah, it's over, the story's over, even if they miss. Mm-hmm. All right. Definitely, I'm gonna We're go ahead torn. and take us to no. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like the it's been up on the AI hype, right? And you know, you're you're in you're one quarter. I mean, they've been talking about it. I mean, do they already sell the chips? Is it gonna, uh, you know, is it gonna filter through this quickly? Um, it's been one heck of a run. Congratulations! It's been a hell of ahead. a run. You're it's been right. a hell of a run. Yes. Back, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, back near. I mean, sniffing all time high. I mean, even over three hundred. I mean, when this thing was in uh, almost in double digits in October one hundred eight thirteen. I mean, that's a very unusual move. And they, they got high expectations, and yeah. they got to they got to say everything right, right? They, they do, do right. but again, the underneath demand, and I don't think they're going to say too much. I don't think it's going to come out like it can't come out and just flat out miss and warn. I mean, yeah. that's a completely different oh. animal. I don't think that's going to happen. It is priced for perfection. They're going to have to blow it away. And, you know, we can go into the opposite. So the opposite stock to NVIDIA is Kohl's, where Kohl's <laughs> is priced yep. to disaster. Kohl's is priced to go bankrupt. Kohl's, you know, is a 9.2% dividend, and nobody expects anything from Kohl's. Well, here you go this morning. KSS reports here. Mitch, give us the numbers because they weren't a disaster. All right, let's go to Kohl's here. Let's get into retail. All right, Q1 EPS at 13 cents. The loss estimate was 42 cents. So definitely uh, this estimate might not compare to what was expected there. Net sales at 3.35 billion. Total revenue at 3.571 billion. If we look in what happened here, Q1 net sales down 3.3% year over year. Comparable sales down 4.3% inventory down though 6%. Uh, Then when you look at their gross margins as a percentage of net sales was at 39% up 67 basis points year over year. CEO Tom Kingsbury said that KSS stores business achievement productivity gains during the quarter are due to a lot of Sephora at Kohl's as they continue their sales momentum. So we've seen how Ulta has moved. Of course, Sephora a big private company there that keeps pushing higher in high cosmetics. And this might be actually helping Kohl's 
survive the period right now where you guys see those comparable sales down 4.3 just expectations in the gutter what you do see with the gross margins going up though mitch is you see the cost cutting efforts working hey, yeah. and i think this is why the number actually may compare um i haven't looked in, in, into the details here but people are talking about a pretty big beat in other sites here um you know they're they were supposed to lose money they made money so they are cutting costs wherever they can because they realize they need to that's the good news the bad news is the sales are dropping the bad news is you know retail is you know in these traditional department stores you know are under siege really i talked about being in toronto on the weekend and you know nordstrom which was you know the the big store in the Eaton Center, biggest mall in Toronto, you know, the big heavyweight in that mall, three floors of Nordstrom, closing the store, selling, you know, the fixtures, selling everything. I mean, that's just not what you want to see. Now, that's a Nordstrom story, not Kohl's, but very similar businesses here. These businesses are significantly struggling. Um, there's no AI story to be found here. Maybe they're going to say eventually, oh, we'll do AI clerks, yeah, we do. you know, and well, the bots and, you know, maybe that, but that ain't coming next week. That's hard for retail. That ain't coming next week. Yeah. So yeah. you look here, and I am long some coals in the long-term portfolio. It has been a disaster. I got to think there's overhead supply everywhere from people just, you know, thanking they're getting their money back. The story is not still not good here, even though the quarter, and then we love the cost cutting. We love everything they're trying to do. I think management's trying to do everything right. The problem is they're just in the wrong sector. They're in the wrong area, physical stores, people talking about the real estate, you know, there's value in the real estate. Well, we oh, heard this with heard Macy's yeah. for years, how much value was in the real estate, how'd that work out? Macy's, you know, was trading $35. It was trading with a P of six. And they're like, this is a no-brainer buy. I saw it all over Twitter. No-brainer buy because they got the real estate. You know, it's growing. Well, it was definitely not a no-brainer buy. It, it, it apparently was a no-brainer sell because this thing is now $14, you know, it's coming up here today. So is there a relief rally here? Absolutely. You know, is there, you know, momentum? Can it follow through? It's massively oversold. Is there room up higher? Possibly. Is there going to be sellers into this? I think so. So am I going to be one of those sellers into this? Possibly. I haven't analyzed it yet. So, you know, sometimes you've got to eat it and move on. But I just don't think there's a good long-term story here for any of these stocks. People are very nice that work there. But uh, they, they got the, <laughs> they, they got the awesome same. People. But they got the same, like, uh, best buy problem. Like we have a we have like a, a Kohl's credit card and then of course I don't carry it around with me. I go I don't even know what I bought there. And they're like, Oh, well what about Kohl's cash and how about this and how about ten percent off and ten percent off to ten percent? I'm like, Okay, whatever. And I don't even have my credit card with me. Uh this chart twenty two is jumping out to me. I get twenty two, twenty two, twenty two. Pre market high twenty one ninety five. A daily high right there at twenty two. Another daily high just above it. So that's that's the onus. It's already up two forty. So that's probably already exceeded its average daily range by you know uh, or or equaled it. So if the bulls like if Coles is like the next uh, you know hot retail stocks and the bulls are going to get in here. 22 bid and just be relentless and push it to 24 or or higher but man i just that, that that's a tough level the new low of the move two days ago uh it what 18 bucks you're at 22 that's my number sometimes like, you got to use opportunities when stocks are rallying significantly to eat your losses and move on and i may do that today i have not decided on coals is there room to 25 on this yeah, but what... squeeze them up to 25. There is room. They're not today, but is there room that this could continue and go up to that? Maybe. But again, just the fundamental story here is broken. You have stories that cool off, and you have stories that are broken. I believe the Coles, Nordstrom, Macy's story is Target. broken. Target, broken. Target, not good either. I mean, they are talking about this pride stuff, and we're not going to get into that on the show. But, I mean, we saw, you know, what obviously happened with Bud um, and, and Bud Light. And Target's talking about, you know, they had some pride, you know, stuff put out, and then people were worried they're going to have a Bud Light experience. I don't know anything about any of that, but all I know is I can see the stock continuing to go down here at Target. Retail is struggling. So we have bull markets here. Don't kid yourself. These NASDAQ stocks, mm -hmm. the AI story, 
but traditional retail is struggling big time. Traditional retail is all in bear markets. Traditional retail is pretty much in a recession. And why though, right? Let's just think about it, right? What has really come to like has taken off in the last like five years. I think it's all about the D2C model, right? And in the long run, I know Joel talks a lot about things downsizing. Well, the truth is, I think these stores will be downsizing in the future also. It's going to be smaller and smaller stores to try to manage more and more of the margins. It's going to be the only way these stores will survive. They can't be having these massive stores with 10 customers walking around. Let's just be honest. That's not a sustainable Unless they're model. Dillard's. And, and Unless we don't, they're we have no idea how Dillard's does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they're like, you go into a Dillard's. Maybe yeah. our Crombie model is more like yeah. a better model, right? A smaller store, right? They reported earnings today. Let's go to theirs. EPS 39 cents beating the loss of 5 cent estimate. Sales of 835.99 million beat the 814.53 million estimate. They raised fiscal year 23 net sales growth guidance from 1 and 3% now to 2 and 4%. Also raising fiscal year 23 operating margin guidance from 4 to 5, now to 5 to 6%. So you guys are seeing at least a smaller retail model, at least able to beat and pretty beat pretty good on that EPS. Yeah, again, is the story here a, a, a different type of company to a certain extent? It's a better story. It's still a retailer, though, and retail is still under pressure. And you still look at long-term investing in Abercrombie and Fitch, and we're in the same spot we were eight years ago. So it hasn't you know, been like, it's not a tech stock. It's not an AI story. It's not any of that. So I think you're still using these opportunities to sell as opposed to buy up 17 percent bag holders all over the place in this puppy too can you squeeze them up to 28 30 maybe i'm probably not shorting the stock but if i was long abercrombie and fitch i'd probably sell today you got some nice nice confluence here with that initial spike up to uh 27.75 you can see that on the chart on the left and you go to the chart on the right the daily chart and you get into this area here High at 27.30, a high at 27.61, all the way up to 28 today. I mean, the other thing would be, I don't even think you're going to get back to that 27.50. I think you struggle to really open over 27. Uh, The top of yesterday's range, that's a ways down at 23.43. But, man, I don't even, if if you had a chance to sell this in the 27 handle, again, I don't know be take it that's a big move for eight and f i don't know can they get an i in there uh abercrombie A-I-N-F? yeah that'd be a game changer joel just we call change the symbol that's now. all they need to do yeah change we the dress, <laughs> yeah we have uh, we have clothes for all of your bots. you guys you all guys AI. we got the clothes you know we're well, the whole section to dress there, up your bots there is an actual area in here where ai will come into play right in that in the long run maybe ai comes really into play into design right because oh, let's say you if you're looking for areas and you're like okay what do i wear today why not just ask an ai what is a good thing to wear, right? There's so many people out there that are very, and, and I don't mean to say it like this, but superficial, right? They want to like kind of look the best. Why not bring AI into design? I know the they're already bringing do. it. So all the clerks will be AI. I mean, you, we're not, you know what I think will happen, that. Dennis? I think what will happen in the long run. I've heard companies talk about this. Is like, let's say if you went up to like a smart mirror and it just showed you what it could offer you in that store and how you would look in it. Then you would just be like, okay, I'll take that. I won't take that. Let's keep it moving. And there you go. The future, We need baby. to invent those smart mirrors or perfect those. Let's do that. Let's quit this show. We're going to go You see, I got ideas, baby. Idea Money Mitch. They don't ever. call me Money Mitch for no reason, Dennis, Dennis, That's if you a good ask, one. If you ask ChatGBT like, what you should wear in the morning, they, they would, a they would Benzinga say, shirt. That's what say, what is, it would say, what is it this? I represent. It would say, it would say, which one of the one of your three T-shirts do you want to wear? Which okay. Benzinga shirt? And then it would say, when you were at Nordstrom the other day, instead of gate lo- looking at the mirrors in the in the furniture that was for sale. You should have bought some clothes that were on sale. I, told, I bought a pair of socks. You I bought a pair of nice socks that had holes in socks. it. How do you get holes in your socks sock after one, one day? For one day and they got a hole in them. I love I, 
I like Nordstrom's. I mean, I don't know if they're going out of business or what, but I, I, I don't like think Nordstrom's. they're all going out of business, but there's definitely some of them going out of business. Uh, where the AI oh. will come in there is uh, is like, you know, the, and you already have it, like the checkout, right? They're not going to need people there to, you know, like, or like if you want to try on shoes, that little robot will come up and say, oh, what size do you need? And then the robot will go oh, back and, robots. and get the shoes and then the robot will will, uh, will will check you out. So that's where the AI is going in the retail uh, as far as that goes. But we covered the A&F. Uh, we got some tech stocks. And what about, let's talk uh, Palo Alto. Yeah, let's go to Palo Alto. But before we go to Palo Alto, really quickly, I do want to kind of mention the big event that we have today here on Benzinga. Don't miss it today, guys. We have, of course, the Benzinga Titan Sport Betting Summit and Awards. We'll be having DraftKings on there. Don't want to miss that. Gambling, right? BetMGM. Who's used BetMGM before? I know I use it. And we'll be getting into it with different analysts in the sports betting. Uh, They will be the moderators for a lot of these events. So you don't want to miss this. Big public companies joining us. Sports Radar will be there also with a moderator from the NBA. We'll have the head of gaming and new business ventures from NBA. Don't want to miss that. And definitely get on over to catch me at the end uh, doing a great interview. Um, I will be getting it with Eli Gaming. Don't want to miss that. Legalization of sports betting, the future of tax money. What regulations should we be watching in the sports betting world? Don't miss today, Benzinga's Titans. And a little special event, of course. You'll also have Jake Paul on there with Jason Rasnick. You don't want to miss that, team. Hit the like button. Let's nice. keep it going, team. Let's give a shout out to the, the Raz. He's in the chat this morning. He's shout in the he, He's awake. What? He's here. Oh, yeah. Raz giving her, man. Give it. Give it there. Raz is always awake. That guy works, man. Look he's at all that. over the place. Uh, he's he a, said he's, he's lost some money, though. Know, <laughs> he's lost some money doing a little sports gambling life. Don't worry, Jason. Hit me up. I got you, man. I'm all about a little bit of some gambling, whether it be trades or a little sports betting, right? Yeah, draft, all gambling. I, I just want to just mention the DraftKings the other day. Uh, the analyst, you know, the analyst pump got it over 26, and they sold into that one uh, pretty heavily. Uh, back down uh, uh, support just under 24, but it's been a nice run in uh, in DraftKings. And I mention every time, man, Penn just not – I mean, it's had a little bit of a rally, uh, but uh, just not participating. But it's been a, it's been a, uh, been a nice move in DraftKings, DKNG. They said that Jason AI in the chat, man, is pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, we don't even know if that is really Jason, right? That's the oh, life it's, we're it's living. It's AI Jason. Yeah. It's AI. Oh, it's probably it. Maybe yeah. AI Jason. Dude, I'll yeah. tell you right now. I'd be I'd be scared of J- AI Jason. This could be AI Jason. <laughs> I don't even take that. That's probably like a little robot. He programmed it. <laughs> That's what like, I'm saying. It's AI Jason It's so right easy. There. You know what we need more of, right? We need cybersecurity, baby. Let's go to Palo Alto. AI Jason says it's him. Oh, because it's programmed to say that. So now we can believe it for sure. Now it's like we all can those believe it. Fake now triple D can. accounts out there that keep uh, popping up everywhere. I finally got my blue check mark because I had to go buy a blue check mark because there was literally somebody said there's ten fake accounts of you and they're all asking their my, your followers for money. I'm like, holy! So I finally ponied up Elon Musk one and I bought Twitter blue. Just to slow them down. So now, if you see the fake or the AI triple D trader accounts, ignore them unless they have a blue check mark. Well, there was a nice four le- uh, level kind of support here on Panda W, of course. I was looking at it, missed it on Monday, but it's already Ooh, taken look off. Look at that. You're right. You see that, Joel? You see oh, that? Yeah. I- I'm, I- I've been pointing them out more, Joel. I'm- I catch you, man. Keep I- it I- simple. Keep, Keep it, it simple. simple. Look at that. Nice little support around the 188.78s. You got a yeah. lot of bottoming action right around there, 32s, 30s, uh, multiple bottoms, and then it really started going right back to resistance. I'm sure Joe will point out the resistance for yeah. you guys. Let's look at it. EPS $1.10 beat the 93 cent estimate. Sales of 1.72 billion beat the 1.71 billion estimate. They do see Q4 adjusted EPS at $1.26 to $1.30. Versus a dollar twenty estimate. Now total revenues just slightly above the revenue. Uh, the top line at one point nine six seven billion versus a one point nine five billion estimate. Also raising the fiscal year twenty three adjusted EPS on the top end at four dollars and twenty nine cents versus a four dollars and two cent estimate. 
total revenues at 6.88 billion to 6.91 billion versus a 6.89 billion estimate all looking pretty good here on the guidance i've been seeing snow kind of push off of course they have earnings tonight, tonight. so we'll yep. see what happens with that one but pan w doesn't look too bad here as it's going for 200 again cybersecurity stocks have been given the past from valuations because we know how much we need cybersecurity in everything. So we've talked about this before, you know, you've had this bear market and high valuation stocks. Palo Alto Networks is not in the bear market. It's been unbelievable. You know, FTNT, another one held up very, very well. CYBR is kind of held up. It's kind of just in the same spot though. But where you've seen some of these valuations are trading 40, 50, 60 times earnings or even higher than that. Those stocks really came off in 2022. A lot of the cybersecurity stocks held up well. So does this continue to hold up well? I think so. But you're at a major level of resistance, Joel, which you can give. That 200 is psychological, topped up there multiple times. It's hard to buy it up here. Joel's on mute. Mute. The mute. He, he hasn't the done mute. it for a while, though. Catch him a break, I know, man. I know. He He's been doing that, better. Like, He's well, been I, doing I wasn't better. here, so that's why I haven't done it. <laughs> uh, he wasn't the, here. Thing, the thing that Mitch was talking about, uh, you know, whether you're right or wrong, let's say you took a stab at that area that he was talking about, you know, you, you, put, you put a stop in. You know, at the, at that one eighty five seventy five low, because if it gets into the, you know, if it starts to get into the gap area, then that changes. So the thing that you know, you know, you don't know if it's what's going to happen after earnings, but you know what you do know if you were trading an intraday or whatever, you, you're buying it at that area. You have a, an out. Now you're getting a pop, and what's interesting about it is it's it's popping. It's up eight thirty eight. Pre-market high, $199.50. You see this $200 area? But Dennis, it's not really backing off yet. I mean, someone is is bidding it up here, $831. So with this one, maybe they'll keep it, you know, buoyed through the open. They'll take it through $200. Oh, this baby's going for the all-time high. Well, they the always old, try to shake yeah. it. They'll shake the shorts, and then Two, they'll shake the lines. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you're at like 20280 and then you're like, wait. Locked down at 200. What's going on here? So that, you know, play the momentum. Uh, 200 is a swing number. There is resistance there. Uh, as always, we'll be keeping an eye on the pre-market high. That We'd had a little rally in the S&Ps. It looked like we were going to uh, separate ourselves from the lows of the pre-market session. But uh, that quickly ended here. We're down 18 handles, 4140.75. And uh, as I mentioned before on the S&Ps, if you can find support in here, before 4120, 4122, you let me know. Because I'm not seeing anything there on the dailies. That was where we bottomed on our last push over 4,200. Uh, that's what I'm looking at today. There's actually three lows between 4,120 and 4,123. Well, let's get. Let's get Ivan. All right, let's do that. Uh, I was going to drop to into it, but no worries. We can go ahead and get right to our guest today. You guys out there, smash the like. Let's keep it going right here on Pre-Market Prep. Ivan Feinseth from Tigris Financial Partners joining us here on Pre-Market Prep, a longtime guest. And uh, he's you're one of our bullish, more bullish guests, right? And uh, you were back on in March. You did your homework. March 15th, we were at 3,800. And you said, guys, we're going to get another look at 4,200. And you know what? We did. But convince me that we're just not at the top of a long-term trading range here, and we're going to get another look at 3,800. Oh, I, no. Ivan's on mute. Ivan's on mute. The old No, he's not. Track. I mean, it's probably just, he's just probably having a little bit of mic uh, selection it, issues. So you can go video. to settings down below, Ivan, for me. The little wheel. We're going to go to audio and just make sure that your mic is selected yeah, there. The we'll see a little green dot there that just showing up the volume uh, as you speak. So that should take two seconds. He's figuring it out. Not yet. Not yet. It's finding it. Finding the wheel. How about that. now? Oh, yeah. Go. We got him. We you got see? him. We got him. Undeal, no, baby. That. Let's do this. Yes. I had to pick the right mic. Unfortunately, I got you, Ivan. I'm ready. Thank you. All right. So <clears throat> there is a very strong underlying trend 
And it just seems there's a lot of obstacles in its way. And mm -hmm. I, well, I feel the uh, the debt ceiling is more an obstacle of focus than an obstacle of the market, and it wants to be contended with. It is an issue, obviously. Uh, they're going to raise the debt ceiling. They never have not. So there's obviously a lot of political pastoring that continues to go on. Uh, you got Janet Yellen now just waving the red alarm flag that we're going to default. The government won't default. And in the worst case, Biden could invoke Article 4 of the 14th Amendment, which the 14th Amendment has to do with immigration. But for in some way, it does. Article 4 gives the Treasury the ability to spend through the debt ceiling. So the government's not going to default on their interest payments. People's Social Security checks and other government payment checks are not going to bounce. But uh, it is the focus. And I just think the market likes to look at whatever you know near-term obstacle but uh we have gone through another quarter of better than feared earnings mm -hmm. there's been some pullback some caution and again companies would rather uh lower expectations early on so they can beat them later in the year you know lower their own bar or hurdle and i think we're seeing a lot of that yet we're seeing key strength again in companies that drive our economy forward, which is the tech industry. And Microsoft is hitting all time highs again after, you know, calling for caution and PC sales and a decline in subscriptions for office and uh, cloud migration. I think that IT spending can pause. It can't it never really stop because we need constant storage and the ability to access things faster. And while AI is a powerful buzzword, it's the next big buzzword following dot-com and every other kind of buzz concept we have had. But in the 90s, when the dot-com bubble was building and Jack Welsh, the CEO of GE at the time, said every company is going to have to be an internet company. And Tom Siebel, the founder of C3 AI has said now every company is going to be an AI company. Every company is going to use AI to look for patterns in data, to look for predictive analysis, to uncover sales opportunities. So um, this is why I like a company called Monday.com, which is uh, it's actually a cloud hosted, low code, no code database and application platform that are building to AI tools to create the ability to do AI analysis and overlay on the databases and the um, applications that you build. And uh, the low code, no code concept makes it easy to adopt. Now, most of the adopters for Monday are, are using either, you know, skilled IT people or IT outsourced like consulting firms, but you can build, you can subscribe to Monday for as little as $8 a month and start building applications and databases. And they're going to have an increasing AI tools at all different levels of sophistication. So this is an interesting play. It got an AI kind of pop uh -huh. uh, a couple of weeks ago after announcing earnings and discussing this, which is what I highlighted in a prior report in April. And they kind of came out and said this in May. So this is an interesting company. Love it. And, uh, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about this, Ivan. I think it's a, a really interesting play here that you're mentioning with Monday.com because one of the things that I've been talking about it, and I've been talking to a friend of mine that's kind of like a headhunter, right? He looks for really good talent across like different industries. And I think that one thing that we'll definitely see AI come into is companies like this that help HR, help that kind of background work, right? Because if we could really cut out and it sounds bad, but cut out the workers and have technology work well, for us. Well, all that thought one once, because AI is not going to take your job. A person using AI is going to take your job. So we're going to see this elevation of skill sets. And with that comes elevation of income. For example, AI is not going to replace graphic designers. A graphic designer using AI is going to replace a graphic designer not using AI. And that's the opportunity both for workers and for mm -hmm. investors. Yeah, I, think this like all... I just want to go expand on that because mm -hmm. I kind of disagree here because AI, it's not like it's one for one. You can give an AI program that could replace maybe 10 graphic designers. So you have yes. one that's oh, efficient. No, no. Be an increase in productivity. Yeah, and, and but that's a problem for the little guy. One, one it's definitely a problem for the uneducated. That's, you know, going to be a major issue for people going forward is, you know, there's going to be the gap where, you know, the education. But two, I worry that 
one AI, you know, obviously system could come in and replace 10 graphic designers. Well, now you have one guy running that program and you have nine graphic designers that are gone. So I do think there is a concern here that, you know, we could have, you know, labor issues here if AI continues to expand. Well, I mean, we all want to elevate our, our incomes and positions and to more advanced work, but there's still a shortage of labor. There's still a shortage of skilled workers for in construction and uh, home remodeling and repair and everything else. And those are not also going to be replaced by robots anytime soon. So AI is more of a bot rather than a robot, uh, you know, driving force. So um, there's still a shortage of mechanics. There's a shortage of technicians in almost every area and every field. So there's still a lot of need for man, you know, our, our um, we're good. I think I agree. We're good in the short term. Like we're needing, you know, we don't have to worry about this next week. It's yes. like five years from now, though, where are we? Ten years from now, where are we? Yeah. That's kind of the question I have. I think everybody has with AI. Where is this going? I think yeah. nobody has the answer for that, though. Uh, and I always say we've all seen Terminator, so we do know how it's going to be. Dennis I'm scared, yeah. man. Ivan, Skynet's you know... coming for us, Ivan. Skynet's coming for us, Ivan. <laughs> it very much <laughs> could be. But know? let's talk about, I, I think we're both on the same page that AI is going to continue to grow. What companies are we buying? To profit from this, you know, you can think Nvidia, maybe AMD. What other ones? Major play here. They empower. You're looking at okay, so uh, the key application builders and the users of AI, like Meta, Microsoft, Google, they're being empowered by the Intel G. I'm sorry, by the sorry Nvidia GPUs. So uh, all of these like AI platforms are using NVIDIA's processing power. NVIDIA is a main play here, and that's why the stock has also done so well. And they announced earnings tonight after the close, and I'm sure that's going to be very closely watched and listened to about what this opportunity looks like and the ongoing adoption. C3 AI is interesting. I mean, the stock went all the way down to seven at $17 on uh, being called out for accounting issues by um, a short sell, um, Hindenburg Research. It's, it has the stock has more than snapped back, but this is an interesting AI play. And then there are ancillary AI plays like companies like Monday, certainly Salesforce.com, all of these uh, application and database platforms because uh, the AI applications are really used to look for patterns in large pools of data. And so companies that help create or manage large pools of data are going to then offer the ability to either use tools create offered by them or add on AI tools to try to create opportunities from the data. I mean, even early on, Amazon used a form of AI to connect what you bought and saying, well, people who bought this item that you bought also like these other items. And it was a way of uncovering more sales opportunities. It started with books and then all the other items. And then it looks for list and meta looks for likes and looking for patterns to provide information to companies that are, you know, sale looking to new sales opportunities to connect with people that it's AI predictive or be most likely to be at least receptive to looking at your products. So, Ivan, I noticed here on your background, it says Tigris Financial Partners, uh, but under your name, it says Tigris Financial Artificial Intelligence, CIO. Oh, it says just intelligence, but yes. It says artificial. You're catching oh, on there, buddy. It's powered by NI. Uh, what <laughs> I, the work I do is powered by NI. No natural intelligence, intelligence, right? No, no, natural intelligence. <laughs> natural intelligence. Okay, so this is what I want to. This is what I want to ask you about. Um, so we we had the internet bubble, right? We had, uh, you know, going back. I know you're around that. Triple D was around too. Mitch probably wasn't born yet. And uh, where are we at the in this stage in the AI craze? Uh, you know, compared to you know because the know internet, you, you had to run up. You had to come down. You found the survivors. The survivors, man, if you would have invested in them, you'd be whistling Dixie all the way to the bank. Where are we at comparative stages, AI versus the internet bubble? Uh, I think that the dom- look, the companies that have the resources and are already working on leverage this are Amazon, 
are Google or Alphabet, Facebook, Microsoft. Um, and then companies like Cisco are using AI for smart routers and everything as we move to the more software defined capabilities, that software defined capabilities are gonna be driven by AI. Uh, I mean, Jensen Wong, the CEO of NVIDIA talks about software writing, software writing, software, which is also fascinating and scary at the same time. But so, you know, companies that you could see have an opportunity and it's all again, every company in every way. The cruise industry is looking at AI and the hotel and casino industry looks at AI to maximize occupancy, to maximize player interaction and the consumer and the, I'm sorry, the casino industry to better know when to comp players and or when to let them go and bring them back, which was something that was pioneered a long time ago uh, by the CEO of Caesars in the 90s um, to use AI to for predictive outcomes for how players will respond to comps. So it's it's been around and it's just the computing power is enabling it to be applied faster and better and cheaper. All right, so I want to pivot a little bit here, Ivan. Of course, we saw the news that came from Micron on Monday, and I'm starting to get a little bit concerned that we're going to see a little bit more of this battle and trade war expand. What are you thinking about that between China stock, China tech stocks and U.S. tech stocks? Well, uh, it is surprising to me that Xi Jinping is almost taking a great leap backward in reversing Mao's great leap forward in the sense that he is kind of alienating uh, companies when, you know, uh, you have had Michael Dell say that they are looking to move away from China and their customers are requesting that their products be built with not, you know, not in China or not using Chinese components. So, I mean, if your customers are asking for you to move away and you're moving away, I mean, you would think a good businessman would, you know, if Xi Jinping were more business focused, he would say, hey, what can I do to keep you rather than alienate you? But it's going to spread out to other areas. You have Apple making a big move into India and also into uh, Vietnam. Companies are, are going to other Pacific Rim companies. They are moving out of China. And you're just going to see that, sadly, the pandemic taught us that it was not good to be so China supply chain based dependent. And uh, I, I think if it's only the only possible outcome, companies are going to move away. And if China were to reverse their their views and say, hey, no, you're we're open for business. You're welcome to come here. Still, there would be some suspicion. But uh, because the underlying issue that everybody has to deal with in doing business in China is this forced technology transfer. But uh, I mean, the lure of cheap labor drove them there, the forced technology transfer and somewhat of an anti-business climate is driving them away. Ivan, before we let you go, uh, you mentioned uh, Norwegian Cruise Line here. Uh, air, uh, airlines have had a little bit of a bump. Now, we did get uh, some negative news out of China uh, regarding COVID. But uh, talk about your technical and fundamental setup in NCLH, Norwegian well, Cruise Line. Uh, I was just attended a, 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 an event with management last week. They launched uh, their newest ship for their luxury Oceana line. Um, they are introducing the most newest ships, uh, the most new ships of the cruise line. So to, I, I think that the cruise consumers want to travel. We are having seeing this major shift back to spending on travel. And it's not only the pent up demand while when consumers couldn't travel, but a repartization of what people want to spend money and they want to experience this. And if not now, when? So I think you're going to see this travel trend exists for a long time the cruise industry offers the consumer the best value for their travel dollar an all-inclusive cruise food entertainment lodging drinks um is a great deal cruises are fun they also have a very powerful social connection that people like so uh, the cruise industry has a tremendous opportunity to gain share within the overall vacation cruises are two to three percent of the entire travel market so i have room to grow all right. Ivan Feinseth, uh, CIO of Tigris Financial Partners, joining us here on Pre-Market Prep. Always a pleasure, Ivan. We'll get you back on again real soon. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Always All fun. Right.
All right, it always is. 41.40 is just stuck here, Dennis, uh, just off the lows of the pre-market session. Are you, are you seeing anything out there? It balances? Well, a lot of weakness in the banks, a lot of weakness in tech, which has actually kind of been the opposite because we've seen those go opposite direction. That's not happening here today. We've tech week across the board except for Amazon. Amazon is trading higher. Mizuho naming it their top pick. Um, also, I don't think it hurts that you're seeing Kohl's bounce here today, too. Um, again, you know, with the see of Amazon, we don't think of them as Kohl's, but it is a retailer. So I think you're seeing this retail rally here this morning. So you're definitely seeing retail. So what's strong is retail and oil. What is weak is banks and tech. Uh, banks really getting hit. Citigroup's down 1.33%. I did see it. They were Yeah, we got a breaking news that came in there at 8.30. Yeah. It hit uh, Citigroup to spin off its Mexico business through an IPO. It has uh, Bainamex. Um, so it's trying to go ahead and spin that off. Um, and this is definitely affecting them, getting a little bit of a hit here. Came yeah. in right around 8.30. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, hey, Nvidia's we... down. Yeah. AMD's down. All the big guns are down except for Amazon, Google, Meta, Microsoft, Apple. It's a sell across the board except for Amazon Day. One other thing I want to ask you before we go to our trade zero segment. I mean, what do you, Triple D, what do you think of this move in Pepsi? I mean, holy mackerel. Not just Pepsi, Joel. We talked oh, about this, the consumer yeah. staples. They, they, they have been getting hit hard. And again, your value you know, people trades. say, oh, it's down 1%. That's not bad. Consumer staples don't move a lot. This is, you've got to compare to what apples to apples. When you're seeing, you know, boom, like Coca-Cola take a four-point hit or three-point hit in four days, that's significant. And what you're seeing is, you know, this market has moved to risk on to a certain extent. So money that was hiding in staples. Uh -huh. But what is also the concern here, um, I think, is just, there, there's just competition here. I mean, we're still talking about rate increases potentially here yet. So, I mean, I just don't know why. I've said this before. Why do you want to have Coca-Cola? Why do you want to have when you can go and get, you know, 45 or 5% in cash? So, I don't see why you would take market risk. So, I don't get the consumer staples why so much money has been hiding there. Utility stocks, same thing. I don't see why the money has been hiding there. When you clearly see that there's alternatives to that. Now, I get why money is hiding in tech or not hiding, going to tech, because they're looking for money for growth. But you're not going to get the growth and the Cokes and the Pepsis and the Procter. No, and the not at all. And you're paying 26, 27 times earnings for some of these stocks, hiding out in there saying, well, they're safe in a recession. Well, you know what else is safe in a recession? Cash is safe in a recession. So, I mean, I, I've sold all my Procter and & Gamble's and Cokes and consumer staples a long time ago, utility stocks too, because there's no reason to own Look those when that. you get 5% cash. Yeah, though no, it's uh, and if there's a rotation going on, like if uh, you know, if they're if they're jumping out of these stocks, which is, have been the safety train, and they're going full risk on here with the with the growth stocks, man, we better we better get a rally. We better get a rally soon, or else this trade is just going to be an absolute disaster. Or unless they're just taking the money off to you know just to. You know, to make it safe, but uh, well, no, I mean, I don't cash with it. I, I mean, look I at mean, that move in Pepsi. I, 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 I can't believe this hasn't happened earlier. I've been calling for it, and it's finally maybe starting to happen. But I have no reason to own any stock trading 26, 27 times earnings that's given me a two or three percent dividend only. Those were awesome when we were in a zero percent environment. We're not in not that now. environment anymore, and we're not going back to that environment anytime soon. The only mm -hmm. way they're going to start cutting rates in the second half is we go into a serious recession. We go into a serious recession, maybe everything gets hit. So we you got to stop out going up first before we cut. We got to pause. We haven't even paused No, yet. I know. People just putting the cart before the horse. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, and that's exactly it. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's go to our Trade Zero segment. we got a couple of earnings reports still to go through. If something's on your radar, make sure to throw it up in the chat.
All right, first up on the list, let's go to Toll Brothers here as they reported this morning. And I'd like to hear, of course, the Dennis and Joel's outlook if they like this now. Uh, Toll Brothers EPS, $2.85, beat the $1.91 estimate. Sales of $2.51 billion beat the $2.06 billion estimate. Toll Brothers expects deliveries of 2,350 to 2,450 units in Q3 and boost their full year 23 delivery outlook from Eight to 9,000 units now to 8,900 and 9,500 units on the high end. And so one thing have I would say loaded. I've been wrong too. I don't trade these at all. I'm not going to stay. I'm going to stay away. Lumber prices have imploded, you know, and that's why I had, I was going to build my shop when I built my house and I was like, no, I'm holding off because lumber is just stupid. I'm not paying 10 bucks for a two by four. I went and got the quote on the lumber package and it is just so much cheaper now. So one thing that we've had deflation in is lumber. So I went ahead with the build because lumber price is coming down. So lumber price is coming down has helped the home builders tremendously. And I think that's what we didn't consider here, Mitch, too, is that yeah. some of the labor is still ridiculously high. Some of the other inputs are still ridiculously high. But, you know, you've got 25% of your cost, probably lumber. Um, that has come down. That helps. So that's one reason why I think the home builders continue. You know, people who are maybe holding off even on projects six months ago, like, well, it's come back now. So um, I talked to the lumber yard and they say it wasn't busy a few months ago. They're like, it's picking up. And and that's a lot to do with the lumber prices. I mean, you go two by four and get four dollar two by four again. So in Canada, we're talking Canadian prices. But when, during COVID, got up to like twelve or thirteen dollars for two by four. Absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, lumber prices have come back in. That helps. Um, no recession in home building. Not not yet. Uh, I, I, I don't know about all that stuff, but I do know that uh, the street was leaning, uh, selling into the report. Uh, you hit a recent high at 67.54. You took a breakdown. You had a, a four-point break uh, down to 63.54. You're getting back half of, the, half of the move right here. I mean, a triple D note here, if you're waking up and you're buying this thing up three bucks at $67.50, you're doing it wrong in a stock that only moves a buck and a half a day. Uh, but this 65 and a half area, there's no daily highs or lows there, but it, it's halfway back. So the bulls got to get this thing 65 and a half bid and work its way towards 66. Or right, I look a little bit of a fade here in Toll Brothers, T-O-L. All right, so one thing I do see here is Urban up. So keep your eyes on some of the retail is hot today. This mm -hmm. market, if anything, and we see rotation start like, like rotation every day. We're down even yesterday when we were down thirty five points. There was still stocks that were up. So mm -hmm. the rotation is still wicked today. Is the flavor of the day is retail and oil. We can clearly see it. Some days we come in and there's no, there's just no, you know, it's just all random. There's mm -hmm. no theme. Today, clearly retail is a theme. We've got Kohl's killing it, you know, at least in you know, their lower expectations killing it. Urban, Abercrombie and Fetch. And then you got Macy's and Nordstrom's trading up on those. I mean, retail up all over the place here today. Oil's having a good day. And then everything else just doesn't look great. So, I mean, rotation, rotation, rotation. That is what this market is. Um, it's like why the index, and what's why the S&P seems to go nowhere. So that continues. So anyways, I've got another call here and it's nine o'clock and let you guys finish it up. No okay. All, All right. right. If it's, uh, I wonder how their pizza sales were. Um, did they say anything about their pizza sales? Uh, I, if it's anything that I've been eating, I definitely been eating some pizzas. So, uh, I would uh, say definitely increase there. All right. We got a pop here trading at the highs of the pre-market session. That's uh 30, 38, I mean, it's been in this range for a long time. If this thing has a sustained 30 bid, then let it go as far as it can. If it doesn't hold 30, uh, perhaps, wow, top of yesterday's range, way down at uh, 2739. Uh, so that's a look at Urban Outfitters, URBN. All right, that's probably going to do it for us. Last uh, look into the market. What are you seeing there, Joel? Now we're least? leaking. It's a slow leak. It's uh, uh, nothing there at 4140, nothing there at 4130. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned uh, the, the trio of lows at the 4120 area. Uh, just a question, you know, will we get a little, you know, do we always get a little sympathetic buyers off the open and get a little bit of a pop off the open? But uh, that's what I'm looking at here in the S&Ps on the upside. 
hard to determine what mid-range is going to be when you keep drifting lower and make new lows for the session. But uh, that's what we got. Great show today, Mitch. And uh, I'll let you finish things up. You got it, Joel. Definitely keep up with, of course, Pre-Market Prep Plus. That's what's going to keep going on. You guys can go ahead and check out my man, Dennis Dick. He goes over to the closing print sometimes. So if you guys haven't checked out that, that's at 3.30. Now, I do want to let you guys know, of course, we have an amazing event today. Benzinga Titans Sports Betting Summit and Awards, May 24th, today, 11 a.m. Eastern. Invest in the game that, of course, is behind sports betting technologies. We got the chat with Jake and Joey from Better. Of course, we got DraftKings CEO. We'll be getting into great conversations with BetMGM CEO. We got FanDuel on there. We got NASCAR. We got the NBA, Sports Radar. You don't want to miss it. Of course, check out my interview. That's going to be at the end of the event. I'm super excited. I got some great questions in the industry. You guys know I know all about the sports betting life. So if you want to catch it, get over 11 a.m. Eastern. It'll be right after our live trading stream. So if you just want to watch a little bit of trading, then catch some great talk into the industry that is, of course, sports betting technologies and the companies behind them. And it seems like we got some major titans in today. I'll see you guys a little bit later on live trading. That's starting up right now. And then, of course, I'll see you guys at the summit today. Titans, baby, we're taking over. And you don't want to miss today's interview. It's going to be really great. And, of course, like I've mentioned, we'll have Jake Paul there. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be a great interview. And don't miss, of course, the book club. If you're not joined already, we're going to be having a great session this Sunday. Do want to throw up the link there for the book club because the truth is we've been growing, baby. Over 500 members now in our book club. And we're going to keep pushing to the next level. All right, there you guys hit. I'm going to go ahead and leave you guys with a quick little trailer here, of course, about the event. And then I will see you guys over on live trading. Let's see what I can get into today. Yesterday, I played SoxS on the small account, made a nice little bank. Maybe should have swung traded a little bit overnight. But like always, I'm going to keep battling and catch me on Start Swing Trade. And don't miss the event today. But I say it, it's boxing better and sleep. And that's that's my life pretty much. Focusing on the boxing thing makes everything in else in the ecosystem bigger.